This episode of the Space Game Junkie Podcast is brought to you by Nerf Herder, Game Design Academy. When you need to bring balance to your game design, you might need a nerf. <laughs> okay, I dig it. I dig it. You're going to have to record that one so we can add it to the pot. I dig it. Nerf Herder. Nerf. I get it. Oh, that's... that's I, I figured you would. I, sir, I love a good wordplay. I really do love a good wordplay, and that was excellent. I was not—I did not see that coming until you did it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah!" So, well done to you. Well done. Nothing better than a good wordplay, in my uh, in my opinion. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host Jim. We need no longer fear the banana. You can dodge bullets, but you can't dodge a banana. Uh, also joining us is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. And back from hiatus, his moving adventure. Hopefully you don't move again for a while, because moving is the worst. Uh, Hunter. Welcome back, Hunter. And I'm back from outer space. Walked in to see you standing there with that sad look upon your face. Coming out strong. Uh, Coming uh, out good strong. Night. <laughs> <laughs> you survived uh, the move. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I did. I I uh, I survived the move, and then I survived also going on a vacation. So nice. Uh, nice. Did a little Fourth of July um, vacationing, and uh, went and saw a whole bunch of family, and uh, it was kind of a it's kind of a good time. I, I got to see some uh, aunts and uncles and cousins that I haven't seen probably seven plus years, so that was nice. Sweet. Um. Yeah, so I'm sorry, folks. I've I've really been so busy. I don't have any news to. Re- I haven't really collated any news to put together. I apologize. There really hasn't been much huge going on. I mean, a lot of games have been getting updates. Like I think Avorian just got an update. Uh, oh, Elite Dangerous is going to have fleet carriers in December. Apparently, fap fap fap. Sorry, um, I sh- I shouldn't be so crude, but. They can't get their instancing shit right anyway, so what the... Anyway, sorry, I just... Why even... So, I well, guess oh, that's... Maybe. EDF 5 is coming out on Steam next week. Oh, that's right, EDF 5. I, I hope it's not $50 again. I hope that they learned their lesson from the last one, and that's yeah, like 30 <laughs> It might be. But I hope it's more like 30 um, Well, if you want some, uh, if you want some wackadoo EVE Online news... Uh, oh, God, what's so, going on there? So, like, they, CCP and all of their grand wisdom, I guess, decided to say that at some point here in the near future, they're just going to turn off local chat for the NullSec, like, people, players. And uh, a lot of people are confused. Well, okay, so it's not that they're turning it off, right? They're making it so it's not an active thing. So, like, you jump into a system and it doesn't show anybody's name unless someone starts talking. So, it's very much a similar mechanic to how wormholes. Wormholes. Huh. Yeah, wormholes do the same thing. I'm kind of okay with that because I never used it. Well, well, here's the thing, though. See, in in known space, you always know who's in the system with you. And if you're out flying around in NullSec where anybody can shoot at you, if you just don't know that people are there and you're not craftier good with your scanner then you know you could just be out doing your own thing and then get 
you know, it's it's bad enough to see a bad guy come into system and then drop on you. It's worse when like you're out there and you don't know the bad guys they're about to drop on you. So there's 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 a whole Reddit of people that are trying to figure out what they're going to do. A lot of bitter vets are threatening to quit playing the game. A lot of people are really confused by this notion if it's going to be... CCP hasn't really declared if it's going to be permanent or if it's just a temporary thing. Uh, some people believe that this... Th- there is a lore reason for why they're doing this, because drifters are, like, attacking all of the Nelsec alliances. And um, with that, apparently it's disrupting... It's causing disruptions in the router relays between the Stargates, which makes local work. So, I don't know. Um, I really don't know how to feel about it myself until I see it in action. So. I hear, I heard that drifter invasion was was bad crap. I heard that was that was that was crazy. I heard. Yeah, it it is it is pretty crazy because they'll reinforce uh, player structures, which they've done that to they did that to one of ours uh, recently, and um, they've been doing it all over Nullsec to different people's player structures. You can take them on, you can take fleets out and go take them on and, and blow them up, but it's just, it's more, it's more weird shenanigans by CCP to, like, force things. CCP, for the longest time, like, people have known for a long time that CCP has had issues with Nelsec and how it operates and how people are utilizing it. So much so that they've even, like, hinted at possibly trying to reboot it somehow, some way, some, somewhere. And I th- another reason why people are thinking they're doing this whole local blackout thing is to help mitigate uh, the use of botters. Oh, okay. I kind of get that. And you know what? It might be good to shake things up every once in a while. You know, not, not get stagnant. I don't know. I mean, if I if I do get to keep my job, I'll probably resub and and dive back in. Um, so I hope that happens. Uh, AC Wraith over in uh, Twitch brought up the Warframe thing where apparently they've shown more information about the upcoming update. That's hard to say. Where you're apparently going to be doing ship battles. So, don't know much about that yet, but Jim, do you know anything about uh, that? You're, you're kind of our Warframe... Uh, yeah, it's coming. They didn't say when, but they showed <clears throat> more of the Railjack stuff. It's uh, It's an extension of what was going on before the big news, though, is that they're also going to link missions because they got rid of the alert system like six months ago or so, which used to be the way that I played the game. So it would just be like almost like a dungeon finder in, in Warcraft, right? So you just say, okay, what's, what's going on right now? And there would be a string of alerts. And it's like, oh, well, if you do this alert, you get this reward, right? And then that would be sufficient to get a bunch of people doing it. So it's like, I need a group. I want to run through a mission. So you click an alert and it'll match you with other people doing the alert rather than having to go to the star map and pick like one of a hundred places and hope there's other people doing it. Right. So it concentrated the player base. What they're doing now is they have uh, like multi-part missions where they showed in the stream that they, uh, they had one person fly in the ship. The other person jumped out of the ship and went over to the enemy ship and went around in there and disabled a generator or whatever, came back to their ship, and then it said, oh, well, much like the Battle of Endor, right? It's like there's shields being projected over this base from the ground, so we can't get in there to kill the boss 
until somebody takes those shields down. So what these guys did is they actually posted a mission for other players that happened to be down on that planet of go take uh, out that shield generator. And, and then there's people have, on the planet that can take that as a bounty. And, and so many it. people so, are playing Warframe at any time that that probably happened pretty quickly. Yeah, well, for demo purposes. But yeah, it would happen pretty quick because there would be people on the lookout for alerts like that. So mm. now it's going to be, instead of the game just randomly coughing up alerts, players are going to generate alerts. So it's you know it's oh. like, hey, we, we need another team to do. Because mm. like, if you're in a mission... And it'll be like, a, you know, go in here and cause a distraction so that the the other ninja can steal, a, you know, whatever, right? But there is no other guy that's doing it. But, you know, the, the uh, space mom says on your updates, it's like, okay, you're doing really good. And look what the other operative found. You know, here's your incremental reward for being in the mission. Well, now it's going to actually be another player that you're providing support for. So it's like, I want to do an infiltration mission. I need a distraction. I'm going to put up a distraction mission bounty. And then other people will jump in here and tear shit up while I sneak around. So it'll, it'll just make it feel like more community, which, mm. which will be a good thing. That's not bad. Yeah. Seeing um, that on top mm. of the railjack was, was interesting. Also the railjack ship is going to be, you know, like fully customizable. Because it's like part of your dojo at this point, Um, and I fear that there will be a lot of resource grinding to be able to build one. So it's not going to be. You have to probably be in a clan, and it'll be a group effort to build a ship. But it's your ship, so everybody gets one. But I think you'll probably have to be in a social situation to actually get the stuff together to build it, Mm. and then just everybody in the group will get their own individual one instead of it belonging to the group. So. That's cool. Well, last thing before we get into our topic, uh, the Steam sale just ended today. Um, so how how would you say it went for you guys? Like, did you get anything exciting? I didn't pick up too much this time around. Mm, okay. Yeah, for me, it was mostly DLC. Like, I got DLC for both truck simulators uh, Warhammer Gladius. I got the Sin and Sacrifice thing for Battlestar Galactica finally. Um, some Hitman DLC. That was basically, that was most of it. Like, I I barely bought any games. I bought like a few tiny games and that was it. What about you guys? <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm, I've, check, check by the way, because I got disconnected earlier. Oh, you're uh, back. We hear you. Yeah, uh, I picked up a couple of little things, nothing too serious. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head what it is right now. Yeah, that Grand Prix was real dumb. Just real, like, real dumb. I, got I think they just explained it badly. So a whole bunch of people thought, hey, I'm going to get the top game on my wish list, uh, so I should only have one. No, well, it was <laughs> also... That's what well, yeah, but the problem was when I tried, because I know that you can just go in there and drag games up and down the list. But whenever I went in there to do it, it was broke because uh, Steam, they were, right? Yeah, they were so, they're under yeah. super load and everything. So the widget to drag the shit doesn't even show up. So then their answer is, well, I can't drag the stuff. What do I do? Oh, quick, you know, kill my wish list. So they weren't discussing their, their own technical difficulties that actually caused it. Even for yeah. people that knew you couldn't do it. So 
that's what people did. And isn't there a button to empty your wish list? I mean, I have one, but that might be because of augmented Steam. What, just plugin? to flush the whole list? Yeah. there's. I, I think, think that's an augmented Steam thing. It it's might be an augmented Steam thing, yeah. It's, yeah, because Steam definitely wouldn't want you to have one-click <laughs> probably solution not. to just flush a hundred games off your... Probably not. But, but the, the, the weird thing is that, okay, fine, they screwed up with how they were trying to explain how it works. Because, hey, if you have you know, whatever game at the top of your list, then if you won, then that's what you would get. But people weren't thinking that they needed to reorder their list. They were just thinking, I only need one game on there, which is, I'm I'm sure, causing a lot of, or caused a lot of issues at the time, not just for people who were trying to fix their wish list while everybody else was was trying to delete stuff. So that broke things. But for all the devs who suddenly found there were a whole bunch of people who didn't have their game wishlisted anymore. Yeah, that was that was that was the most heartbreaking thing was seeing all these devs just like everyone on wishlisted my games. That was yeah, so and that's going to be so uh, a hot discussion tonight. Actually, is what? the wish the wish list uh, is is a thing that's going to come up in the normal topic that we're going to talk about. Oh, do you want to sit? Oh, is it? Because, okay. Yeah. I mean, we could make that yeah, a, a separate one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's related. I was going to say, you we could make that a... the conversation in the dev channel, because I, I, I asked. Like, I was busy. But, um, okay, if it's related, that's fine. I was like, we can make that a separate show. But if you guys want to... If you guys say it's related, I'll, I'll stick with it. Uh, so, folks, our topic tonight, I got the idea after um, revisiting Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr. It's a great game. I I loved it when it, it I loved it in early access. I loved it in 1.0. I I got like 70 hours out of it before it hit 2.0. But with 2.0, it's a whole different game. It's like an actual legitimate ARPG now. Like it's yeah, got Yeah, let me say I returned it because I hated it. Yeah. And then after they put out the 2.0 and it was on sale for like half off, I was, and you said, "No, no, it's a whole different game." So I said, oh, "Okay, I I bought it again." And I actually like it. Yeah. It's, it's like they did some kind of magic. They made a real game. Yeah, it's like an actual legit ARPG now with like inventory yeah, you can they, get in mission and levels and stuff. And stuff, well, it kind of follows the pattern of what that Space Hulk game did. Because when the Space Hulk game came out, it was kind of super busted. And they still haven't made it what I want. But no. it's a hell of a lot better than it they, was. They've made it better. Um, they have made it better. But... Yeah. Um but this I but I thought with this this was so night and day uh this one that I'm like what space games have done that. You know, what space games have either brought themselves out of whatever hole they might have dug with their 1.0 or what space games have really just gone that extra mile uh even after its release cuz a lot of games like after its release like the developer moves on, which is fair. You know, they want to make something different. They want to challenge himself in another way so like when they think a game is finished that's fine you know some people get upset about that they think it's abandoned no it's finished it's a different thing i mean yeah some games are abandoned sure but a lot of times a game is just done you know um but there are there are some games that you look at them and you're like like let's talk about our first example which is the background game on the stream tonight star traders frontiers if you want an example of some developers who probably never sleep and um, have 
just raise the bar of what post-release support looks like, it's the Trees Brothers. They're still updating their mobile game from 2010. The original Star Traders, that was a that was the first of like their games. They're still doing updates for that. For God's sakes. And how many patches does Star Traders Frontiers have? Like 160 some now? I think. Uh, yeah, run there, yeah. Yeah. And every update, it's not just the like how frustrating is it when you see a game that you that you um, that you own updated in Steam or whatever, and you look for news? And it's just like miscellaneous bug fixes, you know. And it's like, but what were they? <laughs> what did they fix? I want to know. These guys have like detailed treatises on what they, and it's not just bug fixes. They like we have carriers now. <laughs> it's like holy shit. It's like we've added whole new characters to the game. What? <laughs> we've added new factions. Yeah, you, I mean, what? And, and eventually, the the enemies will actually have carriers that, that that will launch fighters as well. So that's coming. It's not in yet. Yeah, but it's coming. So so goddamn. I mean that that game that game. I mean when when you want to show an example of dedicated developers keeping their pro keeping adding legs to their product. Like actively, that's probably one of the best examples I can think of. Well, and maybe not- Hello Games can license their actually works multiplayer technology to Frontier, and then uh, we could actually <laughs> the the fleet ships uh, that work. Oh god damn it, son of a dude! Oh, if you yeah. took those two games and just smash them together really hard, you'd have kind of the game that I. It'd be a much better. It'd be a much better elite than it is today. Yeah, I'll, I'll it, tell it you would, what. It would solve my my problems with No Man's Sky too, because I really don't like the space stuff in No Man's Sky. It's very it's it's, there. It's very simple. It's very very yeah, simple. It's it's just there. You know, yeah. It's, it's a it's a way to get from place to place. That's all it is. That's all it is. And then I never use. Like it might as well be a transporter to get you from one biome to another. That's really all it is. It's like, like combat is like the simplest. Some of the simplest. Like the guy who makes the um, you know Evercron games, he's making mobile games now, and he's got an Avrock um, space fighter game that's on mobile, and it's actually really fucking great. And the space combat in that is better than the space combat in No Man's Sky, on a phone. <laughs> So if that tells you anything. Wait, 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 wait. What's it called? Uh, hang on. I don't know if it's out. I'm in like a testing group for it. Hang on. It's called... Um, uh, one second. Avrock... Arvok Space Combat. A-R-V-O-C-H. There's also an RTS uh, Arvok game that's in the same universe. It's also very good. Um, Arvok <clears throat> Command? Yes. That, that one's out, I believe. And that's also very good. But uh, Arvok Space Command is like full-on space combat and, on a phone, and even with touch controls, it's freaking great. So hopefully that's coming out. I don't know if it's out-out yet. I don't think it is, uh, but I've been um, playing with it, and it's surprise. I don't even like phone games, and I really like this one. It's got like campaign and everything. It's surprisingly great. Uh, hi, Shadov. Shadov. This is uh, Star Traders Frontiers, the game we're talking about. One of the best examples of uh, active post-release support. Um, 
ever, really. I mean, I can't. I can only think of a few games that have gotten as much uh, support after launch as this game. Can, can you guys think of any, another game that's like it doesn't have to be a space game, like any other game that's gotten that isn't like an MMO or anything that's gotten this much support after launch? That isn't like Minecraft. Well. I was about to say that isn't like a huge success like Rocket League or some shit. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I I mean, well, like, you said I couldn't say it because it wasn't out yet, but I was gonna say Rodina. <laughs> yeah, but it's not released, so that's the thing. We're talking about like we're talking about games oh, that are released specifically. Yeah, we're talking about games that have hit 1.0, and um, a lot of devs just move on once a game hit one. It's 1.0. They'll be like, do some bug patches, and then they'll move on to like the sequel or the next game or whatever. Um, but a lot of devs actually like they'll release their game and they will keep hammering away at it, you know, and and try to make it better. Like another example, of this is Star Explorers. I don't know if you played that, um, but when I first played hey, that, huh? What's that? Uh, what about that Derek Smart game? Is that? <laughs> Isn't he still supporting those games? Um, I think so. He he was putting out some patches for them, but I haven't seen any in a while. Like, it's been at least, I think, a year. Like, when we last had him on was when I saw, like, him patching those games, and that was... Um, but his... Yeah, that's a good example. Well, what's, what's that? What's that first-person shooter thing that he's working on? I cannot remember the name of. We messed with it like four or five years ago, but I just haven't heard him speak of it. But I know I th- he's still th- working. I don't know. I thought he stopped working on those. That that that. Oh, what the fuck was it called? I can't remember what it was called. But um, shit. Um. Yeah, so he's mm-hmm. yeah he's I don't know what it's called. Sorry, someone's having issues in YouTube because uh, the internet's not great tonight. Um, uh, it's Tuesday, but um, I guess the I guess I would put we have we have several categories of these games, folks, and one of the categories is games wherein post release support made it an actual game. And I would put Battle Cruiser 3000 in that category, you know, because they were kind of broken. Sorry, Derek, I love you, but they were kind of broken when they first came out, which he does admit to, granted, but they weren't done. <laughs> they weren't done done. Um, so I'd put that in that category. But we're, this first category we're talking about are games that have had so far exceptional post-release support, and I wanted to bring up Star Explorers specifically. Oh, damn it. Hang on a second. Okay, I restarted the stream because people couldn't get to it, and <laughs> even reloading their browser, they couldn't get to it, so I just restarted it. Sorry, folks. Tuesday nights are weird. That's really still the best night I can do this. <laughs> um, but I want to bring you can up. Always try and swap uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, maybe. Let's see, well, that might be. Hmm. 
I don't know. Oh, it's because it's because you're too hot. There's a fire. <laughs> you guys heard that? Sorry. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I wanted to bring up Star Explorers because I don't know if you guys have played that game. Well, not only you three uh, three here, but people in the chats. Um, when that game came out, it was not good. It was like an explore. It was a survival game with some exploration, and the survival stuff was terrible, like terrible. But to the developer's credit, he's been um, he's been going at it. Now he's up to like three of the game, and it's a very different game. It's a much better game, and I don't know if he's gotten any more sales out of it. But he's just doing it. You know, he's just hammering away at it. And you know that that takes uh, that takes some guts, you know, to not just give up on a thing that didn't go well the first time out, but to keep persisting at it, you know. That's I I think that's really impressive, you know. So uh, agreed. I wanted to give him a shout out, especially because like a lot of the games we're going to mention that have had exceptional post release support have had some publisher help, you know, like. Uh, Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2 has had exceptional post-release support. Besides the expansion they just released, they released whole new game modes. They released, um, they fleshed out their co-op campaign mode. Um, they did all kinds of crap to that game before their paid expansion even came out. But that's a bigger company. Um, and then you have smaller examples like Starfleet Armada Rogue Adventures, who's one guy. But he updated that thing and gave it free DLC and made it, like, he listened to people and made the tutorials better. He, well, not better, but more accessible. Um, he did all sorts of crap to that game to make it better in the long run. And, you know, that, that kind of thing deserves credit, I think. And what's going on? Oh, boy. Am I cracking, you guys? Am I crackling for y'all? Yeah, it sounds like you're hitting bit. puberty right here on the okay. stream. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry, sir. Let me really, let me change the server. All right. Let's see if Central does this any better. Um, yeah, it's better. Uh, should sh- Shadov is that how you say it? We're talking about Star Explorers. Um, yeah, we're talking about Star Explorers. It's a it's a kind of a kind of a less budgety No Man's Sky uh, with a much more fleshed out space exploration portion. Um, and the developer has done an amazing job. Talk. Um, just fleshing it out and making it better after a really stumble of a launch. So good on him, you know? Um, But then we have like your mid tier games like helium rain, which has a team behind it. And they did a lot of great patching and released modding support, you know, for their game. They didn't have to do that. It's, it's a shame that that game didn't do better. They could have just said, you know, this game isn't selling well. Fuck it. We're just going to, you know, peace out, y'all. We're going to work on whatever's next. But they said they were going to make modding tools, and they actually did it. You know? So good on them. 
Uh, another small team is Evercron Legacy. I don't know about you, but he's still patching that thing. Did you know that? It's like been out for what three years, and like a patch just came out like a week or two ago. Like it's kind of imp- and the patches are pretty new, pretty um, hefty. You know, pretty goddamn hefty. Um, someone just added Offworld Trading Company to the list. I haven't really I kept. Indeed. I haven't really kept up on there. Like, I, they've done a lot of DLC, but what else have they? What else have they? Have they done a lot of patches. Have they done like? Yeah, what else? yeah, lots of patches uh, that have improved quality of life just across the board. Oh, that's good. I really should. I really should revisit that game. I'm terrible at it, so I didn't play a lot of it because the AI just keeps destroying me. We are absolutely terrible at it, but it's oh, not God. a. That's not against the game. It's, it's not the game's fault. It's yeah, it's not the game's fault. The game is amazing. That's why we're terrible at it. <laughs> it's it's got fantastic AI and uh it knows how to play the game better than us humans. <laughs> and just one of the other things that they added was they made a multiplayer client that's free. Back in February. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot they did that. That's really that was really amazing, I gotta say. That was I mean, they didn't have to do that at all. You know, so that's that's really impressive. Uh oh. Which game are you talking about? Off world trading company. Oh. Yeah, I, I had not realized uh I guess I wasn't following them on Steam. I follow every game, just about every space game on Steam, because that's where they put all their news. It's anymore. easy to miss with all of the with all the updates that keep coming out. Oh no. Um, but some other games that have gotten amazing post-release support, like one of your favorites, Spaz, Heat Signature. That game, oh, like, yes. oh my god, he's done, he's done like, um, he's done uh, like holiday-inspired events that could be expansions for another game. Like that's how big these things are, you know, and like they last a week or two, but they're huge. And they make you want to play the yeah. game more. Uh, they make you want to revisit the game. Oh, this is are Star they, Trek uh, Frontiers. Are they like a time window thing? Like you got to play it while it's there? Yeah. It's like a week or two. See, that's Yes. Yeah, see, that's an interesting thing, right? Because it's not only continued uh, content that comes in, but it's also time-gated content. So that means it pushes community to have engagement now. Exactly. Right? So exactly. it's like if you want to do this, you have to engage with with it now. So it keeps it around in people's mind. So what, yeah. what's his thing after that? I, he's working on something else, right? Oh God! What Spaz? You know what it is? He is working on a new game, but uh, I don't remember not offhand. No. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he is working on something new. I just can't remember what it is at, off the top of my head. But you are right, Jim. Um. Yeah. Uh, what else did we put on this list? Oh, Everspace. That game got a lot of great post-release support. It had one big DLC, but it also had a lot of great patches as well. Um, I mean, Kerbal Space Program, obviously. Dear Lord. I mean, <laughs> that game has got so much yeah, support. just got a new DLC, too. Just got a new one. Um, I don't know if you guys play the game called Boss Constructor. It's kind of a spaceship creating space exploration combat game. It's really fun. And he released not only a lot of patches, but three free content DLCs with it uh, that really expand the game. 
Um, so that was impressive. Uh, of course, 3030 Death War. If you guys don't know, like so much shit was added, not only to that game before release, that's why it's called Redo, but like after release, they added like procedurally generated derelicts, you know? So, uh, so if you want to go derelict hunting, they're always going to be a little different. And if you guys haven't played 3030 Death War, you're missing out on one of the best space games of the last 10 years. No lie. It is that good. And it was just on sale. It will be on sale again. But if you didn't play it, that's your fault. Because it's so good. Um, what, oh yeah, Next Jump Shmup Tactics. I don't know if you guys have heard of this game or not. It's a turn-based shmup. Turn-based shoot 'em up That is amazing. And that guy has put out several content updates. And I don't think the game has like been like a huge hit or anything. But, uh... Yeah, Star Sector doesn't count because it hasn't been released yet. We're talking about post-release support. <laughs> so, I mean, his updates are numerous and great, but it hasn't hit 1.0 yet. So that really doesn't count. It's an amazing game. It's a great game. But no. <laughs> that does not count. I think we hit everything on the exceptional list. Did I miss anything? N- I'll oh, throw one out there. Uh, oh, I missed Battlestar Galactica, but what were you going to throw? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one I'll throw out there is not a space game, but definitely has had excellent post-release support. Slime Rancher. Really? Yeah. Like, like yeah. how? Like, what's going on? Well, they, they've had numerous patches. Currently, the game is overwhelmingly positive on both all reviews and recent reviews, and that's because it's it's so awesome. They just put out, uh, let's see, um, in June, they put out the experimental update. Oh. Where you have, yeah, you have a, a simulated VR <laughs> sort of thing within, uh, within the game to play in. And it's, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, they've got many, many updates they've posted. And they've all been big content updates. Is there a third person view in that game or is it just first person? Uh, it's just first. Okay, because I hate to admit this, but as cute as that game is, that game totally twinged that, you know, that face hugger fear thing I have with spiders and creepers and whatnot. It totally twinged that. I feel so bad because the slimes are cute. You know, they're they very cute. Adorable. They're adorable. And, and the the gameplay, when I played it like a year ago, was fantastic. Um, but once they started jumping at my face, I'm like, oh, no, I'm out. And I feel really, I'm, I'm not proud of that. <laughs> I mean, but, it's an understandable thing, you know. It, it, it hits you, it hits you. There's no going around. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's just... Um, that's just that was just a damn shame. But the last space game I wanted to mention on this particular list was uh, Battlestar Galactica Deadlock. They have just been updating the frack out of that thing, and their next big update. Did you pass? Did you see this? Where they're going to allow you to move multiple ships in like a a, a wing or something? Yeah. I can't fucking wait for that because that's like my biggest problem with the game. It's like I don't want to move every fucking little goddamn thing. <laughs> 
So I am so disgustingly excited about that. Like, horribly excited about it. I cannot wait to put everything in a wing. Just all of you, move that way. <laughs> Just all of you. Just go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be their next big like quality of life update. I don't know when that's dropping, but they've really been improving that thing beyond their DLC. That thing has really been impressive. Um, so what's the next category we're going to talk about? Oh yeah, games wherein post-release support made it an actual game and No Man's Sky came up earlier. Uh, I think that was your contribution, Hunter, uh, because I forgot about it, but that's a really good contribution because it's absolutely correct. <laughs> yeah, you want to uh, talk about uh, <clears throat> you know a game that launched where people were like, what? And then that post support, it took them a little while, but my God, there is a game there. A yeah, it's and it's, a, solid. it's a good game. It's a game I actually like. And and, it's and they're not done. No, like, they're about to add VR. Yeah. Oh, they have they added it yet or they're about to add it? I'm, I can't. Um, I don't know if they've added it yet, but. I know that they're going to be doing more extensive work with uh, the co-op stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Which already right. works That's, pretty that well. That is their next thing, is uh, uh, co-op improvements, and then uh, VR is coming. It's not in yet. Okay. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what the co-op improvements are going to be like. If, if they're going to actually upload bases to a central server. Because the way it is now, uh, like as could go in and he could build the hell out of a base. But if I'm not in the server when he is, it won't or transfer like it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I have to join his instance. Then it updates it, but then I save a copy of it locally, but then he could come in tomorrow and update everything. And then I don't see it till we sync up again. Right. So, and the problem with that is though, is if you're building close by or it, it yeah, there's, yeah. There's, so if they let you just have a friend list and then it uploaded, you know, it it just sent you the other person's save or something out of the cloud. Because I can't see as much crap as people would build across how many planets. Uh, I can't see, like, housing that in a central server for for everybody, right? But maybe they will. I don't know. I, I have yet to, to actually build the damn submarine, so I'm a little bit behind. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the thing they added was underwater shit. They hadn't had that before, you know. But now yeah. you now you can build shit underwater. Well, I mean, you could right? build underwater bases. You just couldn't do what they have now. Uh, yeah, there, there's more to do with them. Uh, the underwater vehicle thing because you could you had three vehicles before previously, uh, but then they added the fourth, which is the the sub. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So it's kind of a little more subnautic-y, subnautica-y now, uh, I guess. But that's pretty cool. Uh, what are some of the... Wait, where did my list go? Shit. Okay. Um, okay, I haven't played Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, Hunter, you put that on the list. Uh, what yeah, would you say I'm about probably that one? The, I'm probably the only one in the world who will like say this, but... When when Mass Effect Andromeda dropped, it was very much not good. 
and I think they did enough post support to turn it into a real game. Now, of course, there's no more continuing support for it, but um, I, I, it's not okay. So, if you've played the first three Mass Effect games, one, two, and three, those games are are amazing, especially two. I, I'm, I, I think, yep. I think a lot of people will say two is just phenomenal. Mass Effect Andromeda is not that. It's it's not even not even close to what the first trilogy did. Um, it's its own unique thing, and in my experience, for what it is, not comparing it to that because if you compare it to that, the original is obviously better. But for what it is by itself as a standalone entity of a game, after they've patched stuff and made it not jank, I thought it was a solid game. Okay. And yeah, I, I'll agree with that. But like it but like if you remotely try to like make it like the other ones, you're not it's it's you're you're gonna have a bad time if you try and compare it to the other three because the other three were so good comparatively. They they, <laughs> so they had a lot more polish than Andromeda did. So what was and this was Andromeda just thrown out? I mean was it just shoved out like before it should have been? Yeah. Or? yeah. Oh yeah, that's part right. of it. Yeah, they had to they had to switch some stuff about halfway through the process, and that really crunched how much time they had left to actually get it to release. So a lot of things were just not polished because there was there was a lot of stuff they just didn't have finished, and then they finished right. what they could. And it, it's unfortunate because if if things had gone out better, it it would have had a better reception clearly yeah now i played i played through all of the main main story and some of the side mission stuff and i i really liked the story that was told it's definitely not as as uh, deep as the first trilogy was um compared like there was so much like side story dlc that they put out for 2 and 3 it's ridiculous right like, yeah. the, the, they added a ton of content to 2 and 3 Unfortunately, Andromeda just did not get that kind of treatment. So, like, once you're kind of done, it's like it's done. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was anything near like No Man's Sky treatment, right? Like, No Man's Sky clearly went from from jank to amazing. Um, and well, I wouldn't even say jank. It just was like it it it, it was what it was when it came out. It didn't have all the things that they said it was going to have in it, and it just wasn't fun. And then No Man's Sky got all of this treatment that turned it into a super depthy game with lots to do. Andromeda didn't get that same kind of treatment, but what it did get post-launch was patches and updates and treatment that did make it not totally shitty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... That is something. It didn't yeah. make it a great game, but it made it a better game. Well, that's right. good. And uh, that's I think I think we're in agreement on that. Right. So Should- how often does it happen that you're kind of like on the fence about a game, you're not really getting it, and then like you see, you know, you like or you come across a game that maybe you're not sure about, but then you look and you see like, oh, well hey, the developer has continued to pour you know, like updates and little content drips into this thing for like a year. Does that like pull the wallet out of your, it does out of your pocket. It does. There was a game, there was a game called, um, Victorum, I believe, or Victorium. 
Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's I like a it's a third person wizard combat game. It's actually really amazing. But apparently when it first came out it wasn't very good. It like was clunky. It didn't have a lot of variety. It's kind of like FTL as a wizard. Yeah, and the and, map is very FTL. Right, but the the great thing is you're not some like meek little like learning like student wizard like a lot of RPGs make you do. You're like full blown I could like destroy every house on this level wizard. Like you can really kick a lot of ass right out of the gate. And I bought it about a year after it was developed because the reviews just went from like, I saw the chart, you know, and it was like negative, negative, positive, positive. And the guy was still updating it. And he said he was going to update it more. I'm like, it's on sale. It looks like my kind of game. And lo and behold, it was quite good. I'm I still return to it every now and again because it's just fun to lay waste to everything before you with fireballs and ice lightning. Well, and shit. And that's, okay, so that's that's an interesting question, Jim, because uh, I will say that if I'm aware of a game at launch and then I'm intrigued by it and then I see all the reviews and it's not good. And then maybe like a year later, there's a content update for it, and I see the reviews are, or maybe maybe I don't even see the content update for it. I just see all of a sudden the reviews are way better for it now, mm-hmm. and I go and look and find that it had a content update. I might be more, I might be uh, more inclined to uh, look at it again and see if it's something worth getting that time around. But it all depends on like when you see it. Right. Yeah. So you know, it, it's kind of like if if someone's new to gaming, let's say they get their Steam account for the first time. You know, there's some kid, some kid in middle school who's getting introduced to to game for the first time. They have Steam. They go, "Oh, look, Stellaris. What is Stellaris all about?" And they and they get the game, and then they wonder like why people are upset about it. And then they yeah. go, and, like, that's that's the thing we haven't. We talked are going to we are going to talk about that. We're, we're, we're going fuck up again. We are going to talk about that. Don't you worry. We are going to talk about that. I had Brian add that topic. (laughs) so um, I created a whole new category for that. (laughs) So it's kind of one of those things where uh, it it, it really depends, because that's a good question. It really depends on when you see it, at what stage it's at when you see it, you know? Yeah. So anyway. That's that's fair. That's, That's totally fair. Um, but some other games I wanted to bring up in this uh, list are both X Rebirth and X Four Foundations. They weren't great upon release, either of them, especially X Rebirth. But they really came around, you know. Like they're both actually fairly playable now. They still have problems. They're EgoSoft games. They're gonna have problems. Um, but they're like. I would consider suggesting them to people now, whereas I might not when they first came out. Like, another game in this uh, category is Sarah's. I don't know. No one here probably played that. Uh, It's kind of a... Oh, you did? Okay. I don't know if you noticed, but that guy poured a lot of post-release patchwork into that game. It was buggy as fuck when it first came out. Yeah. Oh, my God. it It was crashing left and right. There was, like... Things were missing. Uh, audio would just stop working. It was a mess. But he, to the developer's credit, worked their butt off and really turned it around. It became an actual solid game. And um, the other two I'll mention, they're both strategy games. Pandora First Contact was not very good when it first came out. It was all right. 
But the uh, AI improvements they made to that game, oh my god, that game will eat you for breakfast if you're not careful. Like, oh my god, that game is insane. It's just insane. And then Distant Worlds. I mean, you know I love it, but like when it first came out, it was not easy to love or even like. It was it it like was missing U, UI elements that it got later. Uh things were not explained well at all. Didn't really have the best in-game tutorials. Um but after a lot of patches and DLC, it's like got a decent UI. It's got many ways to play it now, good in-game tutorials, excellent manual, you know. So I think that's another game that really turned it turned its um turned its course around due to all the support it got. And we're still waiting for the sequel. What the fuck? Slytherin Matrix. What's going on there? God damn it. <laughs> we saw like maybe one screenshot once. Like one one picture of someone looking at a screenshot on a screen once. I think that's all we've seen. God damn it. Hey, it's it's better than a JPEG that you pay a thousand dollars for. Oh, that's that's oh, fair. sick burn. So I can only think of one game with promising post-release support on the way, and you guys can help fill this out if you want. But uh, I don't know if you guys played Hypergate. It's a uh, kind of a it's a dog fighting game. It's very good, and the uh, developer is planning a massive content update, uh, like more ships, more missions. The original game only had ten missions, and they were really great. Ten great missions. But it's like, wow, I want more. Well, more is coming. And I think it's going to be free. So that's impressive, I think. Um, And now we're going to stay on the positive. Our last positive list is uh, games that went open source and still get support to this day. So clearly Free Space 2 on that list. Um, But also Star Shatter and Star Ruler 2 both went open source. And... You know, the community is still fiddling with those, you know, which is pretty impressive, I think. But now we're going to get into the negative. Um, let's start with uh, the list we created for you, Hunter. Uh, games that changed so dramatically after release, we're not sure that they're the same game anymore. And what created this list was Stellaris. Shadav, you wanted yeah. us to talk about Stellaris? Well, here we go. <laughs> Yes, no, no kidding on Stellaris. It 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 boggles my mind that now I know that for a while, and I don't know if it's still like this, but I know for a while you could do previous versioning of. But it felt like they were updating and changing that game so fast. It felt like every other week there was a new game mechanic or a changed game mechanic or or something, and I. I, for the life of me, could not keep up because it's just like I'm in the middle of playing maybe like a long play game and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they've changed the game on me. And I just don't understand. Like, I, I, I don't I don't understand what Paradox was thinking with that. Like, it's it's drastically different of a game than when it first came it, out. It makes me Drastic. think it makes me think that they don't really have a cohesive plan. They're just like oh, this is what the community wants, or this sounds cool, or whatever, and then they do it. That's what that's what development has looked like to me. It's like this random fucking Jeremy Baramy. I don't know if you all watch um, The Good Place, um, but this random-ass Jeremy Baramy thing that just doesn't make any sense. 
Well, the thing that's interesting, right, is with the Paradox stuff, they're always making yet another DLC, right? So they've got their roadmap, and we might not know what that DLC is going to be, but the patches that lead toward that are going to, like, they change a system, but it leaves a giant gaping hole that the next DLC is probably going to fill. But for now, we have a giant gaping hole. And then when that DLC comes out, it's going to also open the next hole because the one coming after it. So I think until that thing really gets done with its DLC cycle, that there will always be somebody that's unhappy because they're going to bust something. It's it's never going to be done, though. Never. They're still doing DLC for Crusader Kings 2. Didn't that come out like eight years ago? Or seven like or that, eight years yeah. ago. Yeah, Stellaris is never going to be done. There's not going to be a Stellaris 2. <laughs> Just like there's not going to be a Crusader Kings 3 or a Europa Europasalis 5. They're just going to keep yeah. adding to it, you know? I mean, I'm honestly... I, I, thought, you, I thought you were going to say a European truck simulator. Uh, that's another game that's had a hell of a lot of post-release. That but. is very true. That game... I mean, I don't. I haven't. I hadn't played it in a while until I bought all the DLC, and I'm like, I'm gonna dive back into this because I need something relaxing these days. And I had no idea about this world of trucks thing, that like syncs with your account and saves your progress, and it works with both American Truck Simulator and Euro Truck Simulator. Is that officially part of the product now? Yes. Yes. Hack thing. Oh no, it's in there. It's it's freaking in there now. Embraced it, great. Yeah, yeah. No, it's in there. It's it's front and center and. And you can create a profile. You can your profile can be offline if you want, but it, there's like no reason not to use it really, just to just to keep a backup of your profile and your progress. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I I'll be honest. I wasn't a fan of Stellaris from the get go. Um, I was enjoying it for a while until they shoved that sector element in my face. And made it like mandatory, and I hated that. I I really hated it. So I I never I barely ever I haven't touched the, it since then. The 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 sector stuff didn't bother me. Like when when the right. sector stuff came out, like I, I see I see what you're what you're getting at with it, and like I can I, but like the way the way in which I I think they didn't explain it properly is what the what it boiled down to. Mm, no, they did not. You're absolutely right. For all the tooltips and um, robotic tutorial they had in there, they did not explain a lot of things right at all. And yeah, so so like yeah, it just I don't know. I want to like that game, or at least I wanted to like that game, but it is super hard to like want to like it now. Oh, I agree. Well, I'm of a mind that if you've played if you've played and enjoyed Distant Worlds, it's kind of going to be hard to enjoy Stellaris. Um. Shadav says he uses a mod that makes your core sector system count super high. <laughs> you know, All the, right. the game, like people praise or bitch about Stellaris, but the game nobody talks about is Polaris Sector. Why is that? That uh, game came out, was pretty alright, and then just nobody talks. Am I the only it, person it, on Earth no, it, it? No, I played it. It came out, there was a deluge of 4X games around that time. That Dawn of Andromeda, Stars in Shadow, Galsiv Three, New Master of Orion. It, it, it was it was so easy to get lost in, lost in the shuffle, and you know, Polaris Sector was one of those games that just got lost in the shuffle. 
It wasn't a bad game by any means. Neither was Dawn of Andromeda. Neither was Stars and Shadow. But just there was too much in too short a period of time. And And maybe that's the thing where post-release support wins. Because if you're the one game of the cluster that's still throwing support in that bubbles you up to the top because steam that's how you get on the front page of steam right Right. recently updated game exactly click click, click, just keep and it's all and that also is a lot of goodwill for your consumer for your for your fans and consumers they see you're still updating it that's like oh yeah i own that yeah and that's also like the meme on steam right it's like hey he hasn't put an update out for a week game's dead yeah that's what I was trying to say in the beginning. It's, like, what, some, what about like Tie Fighter? It's like this game's dead. That doesn't mean it's terrible. It just it's done. It's not dead. Yeah, it's I mean, finished. The developer has yeah. finished it and moved on. It's not yeah, dead. Yeah, but there's a consumer confidence crisis. Yeah, no, uh, I. Yeah, and it's and, it's it, it also comes with the deluge of games in general. Like, it's easy to be mad at a game that doesn't get updated for a week when you have two thousand other games that do get updated every week. Even if they're crappy games, you have like 5 million games in your library and 20 of them get updated Mm -hmm. every week. You're going to be like, wow, what about all these other games that aren't getting updated? It's like, that that reminds me of something. Uh, I'm on the Genesis Alpha one discord. And if you've been on that discord, you know, I am one of the most talkative people there. Um, Because they, they they know me very well. So, we had someone come in there, I think, just yesterday, and say, "Oh, have there has is the game dead already? Have have there been any new updates?" And and what I had to point out there, yeah, there was just there was just a recent update just a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not dead now, right? Exactly, They've abandoned it. <laughs> well, no, the person who came who came in there. Now, bear in mind that uh, Team Seventeen is the publisher of the game, so the the Discord is the Team Seventeen Discord. So the person who asked the question had come in thinking that team 17 had to devote its resources to another game when they are not the devs of that game either. They are the publisher of, of both Genesis alpha one and this other game, the person was talking about. So there's, there's a misconception between the publisher and the devs being the same people. But the other part of it is, yeah, that that consumer confidence thing we were talking about. If you if you don't hear from them, if you don't think they're talking, you think the game is dead. When the devs are pretty much every week, they're they're talking, they're saying stuff, they're you know teasing things. So there's yeah. if but you're there not are, actually looking for it, you're not going to see it. But here's an example sure. of a colossal developer fuck up. Is mm-hmm. there's this game called Hardland? It's Excellent, right? And it was in active development for a couple of years. I bought it. It had great promise. But then they kind of did the Stellaris thing. Like every time they would put out an update, it was like a complete wipe of the game, right? Like the assets were still there, but it was just like, hey, here's a whole different map. You know, everything's different. Nothing works the same, you know, because we're developing. But they would drop updates like not frequently at all. You know, it's like, Hey, it's been four months since the last update. And then, Hey, we remade the whole game from scratch yet again. So then they just disappeared. They went completely silent and it's been like a year and a half. Right. And then out of the blue, 
after all the like, oh, games dead posts had gone away and everything, and like much damage had been done in the in the discussions, then the dev shows back up and is like, hey, we're pushing up toward release. Uh, so here's another update. And it was like, wow, dude, no, you're, you're dead. <laughs> You've killed yourself. Oh. You know, like all goodwill has left the building. It's like, it's cool. Like you could put the game out and everybody will be really happy that it's finally done. And it's a good game, but uh, you didn't maintain any engagement. And, it, and it's just like, you don't have to do updates and stuff, but at least like respond, you know, once a month, just post a heartbeat like hey we're not dead you know yeah a, a it, lot, it, for an a, early access thing i mean once the game's done who gives a shit you know like yeah uh, ch- but but if you're in ea you better post at least once a month yeah, just show there, somebody a screenshot do something there are two games i'm following that are suffering from that right now uh almost alive and dead stick um a lot of that yeah neither I'm in do- dead sticks I'm in Dead Sticks Discord, and it's like, yeah, they're working on it, but they ain't talking a lot. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They posted their first update in like a month on Steam today, and yeah. uh, people were like, "What the fuck with this game, yo?" And then they post one update, and everyone's like, "Yay!" Uh, but almost alive, like the guy. The, it's a great game. What little there is of it, but the developers like, "Oh, guys, life has happened. I need to get a full time job right now." Uh, I'll be back, and he hasn't posted in, like, months, and everyone's like, fuck you, dude. It's like, dude, <laughs> he had to get a job. What is that? Uh, dead Sticks? That? No, that's Almost or, Alive is what I'm talking oh, okay, about, which is, which is a great little game for what little there is of it, but the developers, you know, had a change of plans, and so he w- really wants to keep like, working on the, the game. Is the game dead? Well, no, it's Almost Alive. Yeah. Oh, oh, well done. I did not even... Saw that coming. Well, I didn't. I, I didn't. I, that's how. That's how dead my. <laughs> that's how dead my brain is. Well done. Well done. <clears throat> but the other game um, on this list that Hunter you also brought up was Star Trek Online. Uh, which... Yeah, and that's and that's uh, and that's for a slightly different reason. So I would I would say that things have changed in that game, not necessarily from a gameplay mechanic wise. But like, uh, like, I don't even know how to describe it. So that game's a zombie. It's dead. It just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> There's that. There's that. But I, I think I think the weird thing about it is is it's so not what a, like a, another IP MMO would be like. For example, um, you know, let's look at um. Star Wars Galaxy. So, back when Star Wars Galaxies was uh, legit on and run, not the emulated stuff now, you know, they started introducing their, like, legacy stuff. So, like, you know, the the game takes place between Episode 4 and 5, so after A New Hope, before Empire Strikes Back. But then stuff from, like, the prequel movies started showing up, like Clone Trooper Armor and like there's General Grievous stuff and there was um Ghost W1 Kenobi on Mustafar and things like that. Not necessarily like bad things because those things existed in the past of of the timeline of that game, so it, it's not too far to say that, you know, you can have those things in the future. Star Trek though 
what's weird about this is the content that they keep adding, it should not be Star Trek Online, right? It should just be called Star Trek World because it's 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 like it's like you're going to Star Trek land, let's say the theme park. <laughs> and there's there is TOS Star Trek, there's Next Generation Star Trek, there's JJ Abrams Trek, there's the new TV show JJ Five. It's like it's like the epitome. Trek. It's like the epitome of what they call a theme park MMO. It's, basically, it's basically a multiverse of track, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Th- that's right. I, it's not. However, it's there's no cohesion of making it make sense whatsoever to me. Yeah, you got your cage track. Track and shrimp. Got your coconut track. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Literal space shrimp? Is that what we're going for? No, no, no. <laughs> so, so like, and I think that for me, in in and of itself, it changed. So, like, when the game the game first came out, you know, it takes place, you know, many years after Star Trek. Um, you know, Nemesis. It's I think right after Star Trek, or close to Star Trek 2009, or right thereafter, or something. It, it's got its own little bit of a timeline thing going on in real Trek lore. But the the fact that they've thrown in all of this other stuff just to it it goes to show just how bad that IP has kind of gotten because yeah. it's gotten all over the. No, that's because not to say. That's, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to like ham, ham on people who like the the new JJ Star Treks or the new Star Trek TV show. If you like those things, that should be fine. a separate. I'm that not, should be a separate game, though. That should be a completely like, separate game. Like, or, or you know, because that that then leads to the fact that we're not getting anything new in that like that exactly that IP except for Bridge Command except for Bridge Crew. That's really all we've gotten. That's really been it, right? And so I just feel like as a game that has been, it's been so drastically changed since it first came out, all this other content is not the kind of content that I want to see. I don't mind TOS stuff and TNG stuff and, and those kinds of things. But when you start introducing like JJ Trek into the mix, like that's, that's its own Trek. It's not, and, and the, if you, if you compare apples to apples here, it's not the same Trek at all. No, um, it really yes, isn't. yes, it, it uses the same names, and yes, it's quote unquote part of the expanded. It's a new timeline or whatever, but it's it's not it's not anywhere close to being the same kind of Star Trek as. And so, as a, as a as a as a player of the game, I lose interest because of all this additional content that is supposed mm-hmm. to be for Trek fans, and it is, but it's not the kind of Star Trek online MMO game that I yeah, want it's, to play. It's more fan service. That's, like, it's more that, fan And that's what I mean. It's not It's not that, like, they've, they've, they've made it into oblivion like Stellaris did, where they've just updated it into, what is this? They've they've just added so much content that it's not the content that I'm looking for. It kind of, it kind of, well, yeah, like, why is Discovery, like, why is this, why is Discovery in there? Discovery shouldn't be in there. What? You know they're going to do Picard shit once that comes out. They're going to start adding that shit to I Star mean, Trek. You know, and 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 more and more power <clears> to them <throat> if people like that kind of stuff. I, that's fine. As far as like the kind of game that I'm looking for, that that has been so updated to include everything Star Trek. It is no longer what 
I viewed as Star Trek Online when it first came out. Yeah, no, that's it's fair. quite literally become Star Trek World. It's like when you see like Final Fantasy World or like Final. There's, you know, none of, yeah. for the most part, none of the Final Fantasies are cohesive to be with one another. They're all separate entities, but they've made a game that's pretty much Final Fantasy World, which includes a lot of this other kind of stuff, and that's that's fine because that that you know what you're getting when you get that, and it, it exists as its so as its own thing. But um, it's just it's it's kind of like Eve. Eve is getting to a point where they're updating it to the point where I'm 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 slowly losing interest. That's terrifying because you're the you're the um, <laughs> you're like the Eve guy around here. Um, I guess what they need to do is once Rebel Galaxy Outlaw comes out, they need to just make an MMO in that universe. That's really what they need to do. Um, I don't think Travis would want to. Do no, it. he wouldn't want to do that. Oh my yeah, god! Universe. Can you imagine? No, <laughs> I mean, no, he wouldn't want to do that. Oh my god! Uh, the final category we're going to talk about um, is I only thought of a few games. For, oh my god! Will you guys stop it? The cats are fighting again. I don't know if you can hear that, but it's oh my god. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> They're not used to each other yet, so Matilda wants to play with Harry. Harry doesn't know who the fuck Matilda is, so Harry's like, who the fuck are you? Get out of my house. Uh, This is not a game of who the fuck are you. Yeah. (laughs) Duh, I can kill you with the tray. (laughs) I will slice you with the thin bit until the blood flows all over. God, I love that bit. Eddie is your Darth Vader. Go look it up. Uh, which one is that in? It's the one after Dress to Kill. Uh, I can't remember the Circle. Is that what it's called? Circle. That's the one. After it might be. It's one of his. It's one of the best bits he's ever done, in my opinion. Oh my! So oh, it's so good. Do you know Dad Vader? He runs the place, or whatever. <laughs> Jim Vader, or whatever that. Yeah, was. Jeff, Jeff Vader. Jeff Vader. No, no, I'm Darth Vader. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of it now. I just can't stop laughing. I'll have to watch it after this. Um, I can think of only a few games where they were released, and then where we talked about games that were finished, um, and the developer moved on. These games weren't finished, but the developer still moved on. Um, And I can only think of a few off the top of my head because I'm so angry. Uh, Orbital Racer. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm still angry about Orbital Racer. Uh, that game was great. It came out. It didn't do well. Got abandoned. Now there's a Switch version, which is nowhere near as good, and has multiplayer. Well, it had a lot of potential, but I guess oh. it just didn't pick up the sales. Yeah, it really didn't, which is a shame because I tried. Lo- I tried loading it up a little while back, and I couldn't get the controls to work. And the dev is a wall, so it's like, oh well, because I can't play this. I really liked it too. Oh, I'm still mad about that one. Um, the Long Journey Home is another example. Of a, of a game oh, that like was released and wasn't very good, and then never got good because it was just yeah. left. It was just the, left. the best thing about that game is its soundtrack. Oh god, the but soundtrack it's an is so good. Soundtrack. It's so good. It makes me so sad when I hear a track come up because I'm like, oh yeah, this is that game I can't stand because it was abandoned and it wasn't good and it tried to be Starflight and failed in every possible way. <laughs> like every way. Oh, I'm still mad about that one. 
Um, so you guys want you guys were saying earlier that the wish list uh, is relevant to what we're talking about tonight. So yeah, because uh, some of the discussion that I was having with developers in the dev channel, uh, they use the one wish second. List one second. A, by th- by the way, folks, we have a Discord server. If you're not aware, you can't see it on the stream or whatever. You can find the link at spacegamejunkie.com, and we have a lot of developers just hanging out on our server, and they're all great. They take questions about their games. Uh, they're very open to like talking about development. They're wonderful. Uh, so if you want to, we have actually, over a hundred developers, by the way. Yeah, yeah, a hundred developers over, uh, plus on our. Four, there are forty of them on right now as we're talking. There are forty-two developers just hanging out right now. And Jim, you had a big discussion with them earlier about the wish lists uh, and whatnot. Yeah. So. So come down to Jim's house at Discount Developers. You need a developer, we got you covered. <laughs> we got all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so talking to those guys, and it was like, well, the whole stink about the the wish list thing. And I can see where, okay, I have a thing on my wish list. I'm going to get alerted when it comes up for sale or whatever. But the more important thing to developers is when you're doing your PR stuff, if you're doing it, and you should be doing it, uh, is you watch the wish list numbers and that lets you know what your reach is like, you know, it's like you send some keys out to some YouTubers or something. And then you watch the wish list because if people follow it back and do that, then you know that you're being effective with what you're doing out there. Um, especially in this era that you can't, uh, think that you'll get any discovery at all just organically on the platform. So, that's going to tell you what's going on. And, you know, uh, until you get your wish list numbers up enough, don't release that game. So that's a thing, right? It's like, oh, I wow. would definitely delay until I built critical mass of people wish really? listing because otherwise my game's going to come out. Nobody's going to see it because nobody's got it wish listed and it's just going to disappear off the front page and I'm dead. So you want to have a mass of people, in the wish list because that indicates like people know this game exists and I'm going to get sales. So what, what's the numbers like spaz, like 10%, 15% conversion on, on like week of launch that comes uh, off the wish list. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest of it is like people that are playing wait and see. It's like, is it an early access game? I'm going to keep this thing kicking around my wish list mm-hmm. to remind me because there's so many stinking games. And then it's like, how how many times I can't even count that I go on Steam and it's like, oh yeah, I need to check up on oh shit, what was the name of that game? Uh I remember what it was like. Okay, it had a tank in it. And then you type that in oh, I can't find it that way, right? And I've I've spent hours hunting for a game sometimes. It's just like where did it disappear to in this ocean of stuff? And uh so I just wish list it. It's like, hey, this is coming out. Okay, cool. I need to look at you later. Bang, get on the wish list. So that lets those people know, like somebody saw my game. And whenever you get enough people on there, you figure, okay, 10, 10%, 15%, 20 if I'm really lucky are going to buy this thing if I hit the ship it now, right? Um, so do I do I continue to re- like reinforce the PR effort? Do I need to do more of that or am I good? And yeah, so so that was really the devastation to those guys of of people draining out their wish lists. That and of course, you know, sales in general. Because um, if you convert 
15% and then you just lost half, then that's 15% of half as many. So yeah, not good. Um, and then we were discussing about the benefits of long-term support afterwards. And, uh, one of the guys, um, the coder who's doing Delta V, uh, we were discussing his experiment on it. And, and it's basically like, this is, this is his game that he's going to do all the long-term support for like a year. And he's going to track the numbers and kind of science it out. And that's going to let him know like, okay, my career in game development is going to be yes or no based on how people receive this. And, you know, so it's, it's like do all the things right that you don't discourage people from buying it. And then you get best possible result. And then, you know, like, okay, do I make a second game or not? Oh, I see. Huh. See, so I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We definitely. might have to do, we might have to do a topic on wish lists. That might be a good topic to get a few developers on. Because I I wish list a lot of things, but I never realized until this last Steam sale just how integral they were to uh, developers' morale. I had no idea. Um, I, I didn't know how much. Da- I never knew how much data they got. From wish lists, it's like kind of amazing. So we should do a show yeah, about that at some point. It is surprising just how much uh, data we have when we look at when we look at our store page. Um, we can see how many people have wish listed. We can see a graph of you know how that how that tracks. It's really interesting stuff. I mean, we we're under NDA, so we can't share that. But hey, um, you know, you can't share share screenshots of that or whatever. But uh, but Still yeah, amazing. It's, it's interesting stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting uh, stuff. Yeah, I would love to learn more about that. So we we should. I'm gonna go like someday soon and talk to the devs and get a few on, like do a roundtable about this sort of thing because that's kind of fascinating. And I th- I think it'd be interesting to learn more about that. So maybe people won't be so quick to empty their wish lists the next time Steam does a stupid game. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> How big yeah, I think this one was just executed badly. Oh, it was so than, bad. Yeah, I mean, th- there have been other mini games in the past that they've done, like the 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 spring the spring cleaning one. Um, that worked well both this year and last year when they did it. Too. Did they do it last year where they're like play a game in your own library and blah blah yeah. blah? Yeah, yeah that they did was last year. That was really fun. I actually really like that. How big are your wish lists, guys? Mine is huge. I have over 2,300 things on my wish list. What about you guys? I went and cleared mine out recently because I was like, am I really going to get all these games? Or not? Yeah, most of, mine, most of mine is basically like a sale watch list. It's yeah. just like, yeah. I want yeah. this, but I don't want it at that price. Like yeah. Octopath Traveler. That's exactly what I used. I know, yeah. But then you you link yeah. up your wish list to uh is there any deal or and gg gg.deals or whatever it's called and like you've got a sale tracker. <laughs> yep. Uh really so, good yeah, one there, too. Yeah, there's that and then also I use it as like things that are not yet coming, you know, it's like okay, this is coming in the future and yeah, I don't I, want I, it to fall off my radar. I want an email as to when this comes out or when this comes out of early access. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's how I use mine as well. 
Yeah, it's it's very handy, not just for keeping you know track of what's on sale, but like keeping track of you know when something comes out of early access and whatnot. So, folks, you should have pretty good wish list uh, curation if you want to keep a, a eye on what's on Steam. Um, but yeah, we should definitely you know talk about that. But we should probably wrap it up because I'm losing my mind. Um, this job is killing me, you guys. It's just killing. Um, so let's see. Uh, Thursday, my friends, on the, uh, LAN party, we're going to try some co-op watchdogs too. We're going to do it a couple weeks ago, but wasn't feeling well. So I, unless something comes up again this Thursday, we're going to be doing some co-op watchdogs too. And if you guys haven't played watchdogs too, it's actually surprisingly good. Like it's kind of amazing how many nonviolent solutions there are to things in that game. Um, yeah, and honestly, I just don't feel right in that game where you're supposed to be a stealthy hacker kid and then you whip out an AK and kill like a whole alley full of guys. It's like, no, that's not what's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to get out of here without the cops. Right. So they added a bunch of one of the more recent uh, updates. Uh, I think it was DLC as well that you needed to get it. But they, they gave you a whole bunch of things like a uh, stealth sniper uh, that actually just does stun damage. They added a shotgun that acts like an airburst, so it only knocks out the target. Uh, a paintball gun that also stuns. So you got options now. You got yeah. way more options for for non lethal. And AC Wraith reminded me um, in a couple of months, uh, if you sign up, especially UPlay is going to be doing a month trial of their UPlay Plus service. Which basically gives you, I think, access to every you play game ever made <laughs> for like fifteen dollars a month. Uh, not to buy, clearly, but to rent, I guess, or stream or whatever. So, um, he's this guy's saying he's going to try Watch Dogs two in September. I'm like, all right, I guess. <laughs> but if you like what you see on our stream and you're like, oh, I want to try that, maybe wait till September. <laughs> it's only it's like what two months away now. Um, month and a half. So, yeah. And, and there'll probably be another Ubisoft sale. So, there might be a good time to grab it. Yeah, there they it goes on sale very regularly. I got the full like kit and caboodle for like 18 bucks at one point. Uh, and then next Tuesday on the show, um <clears throat> we're going to talk about the evolution uh and rise of the gamepad. And I want to talk about that because in a lot of discussions about Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, people are like, I don't want to use a gamepad. Yeah, gamepad. Eh. I just want to use mouse and keyboard. Or I just want to use a joystick. Like, yeah, so I- next week, I'm going to be talking about how awesome my Thrustmaster, Warthog, and uh, my new high-end pedals That's are. Not a game pad. That's not a gamepad. That's not a gamepad. It's a very expensive gamepad. But I got it for half off, so there you go. But uh, <laughs> it's not a gamepad. I, I like to think of the gamepad as this era's joystick. Like, remember back in like the eighties and nineties, we all had joysticks because that's what you did when you were a PC gamer back then. Well, now everyone has gamepads uh, for good reason. So I kind of want to talk about like where this resist. I kind of want to f- talk about where this resistance is coming from because I don't get it. I mean, I kind of do. I was anti-gamepad for a while, 
um, to like. Well, I think f- it's the console hate thing. You know, it's like <laughs> that's well, probably first, part of it. They consoleified our games, and now they're taking our keyboard away. And it's like, no, actually, we should no. put the keyboard on the console. It's like it's giving you all the these options. It's, it's kind of funny though. Just on that note, that Everspace, despite it being on console, is ideally played with the mouse and keyboard. Yeah. And every time I tell people Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is designed primarily around the controller, even though it'll use anything you throw at it, it's designed around the controller. They're like, eh. Like, the resistance I've been seeing around that is palpable. It's so weird. It is weird. It's very weird. So mousing that shit like freelancer. There's two different mouse. There's two different mouse options for you. Then there's a virtual joystick yes. and a relative mode. And right, and there's the bad just- one and the correct one. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but I did prefer the relative mode. But yeah, it's uh, freelancer, yeah. you're wrong. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk about that next week on the show because I think that'll be an interesting discussion because. Um, It'll be interesting to see. Like, I want to talk to people and find out why they're against gamepads and then and whatnot. Because, like, I was anti console for years, so I was anti gamepad for years. And the game that brought me into gamepads was Euro Truck Sim Two. <laughs> that game is a bitch to play with a mouse and keyboard. It's terrible to play with a mouse and keyboard. Everyone's like, get a gamepad for it. A steering wheel. <laughs> I have no place to put a steering wheel. I wish I did, but I don't. Um, yeah, I did that's get- because nobody has made the ideal steering controller for games, which would be a gamepad with a little wheel on it. You know, like an RC car thing. Right? I like did get a little rubber wheel that you can. I did get something close to that. My- Microsoft made a wireless Xbox wheel. That's kind of game paddy. It's oh, got a D. Oh, I remember it's, that thing. It's got a D pad, and it's got four yeah. buttons, and it's got two triggers. It doesn't have the shoulder. Yeah, the only buttons. problem, the only problem that I had with that thing, is that if you look at an Xbox game pad, you have the two triggers plus two shoulder buttons. Those shoulder buttons are kind of important. They in are racing games. Well, there's that's another how you change freaking gears. So you know, it's like. It, they didn't put those on the damn thing, and it was like, and, uh, "What are you thinking?" It's only well, two buttons; it would cost a nickel. There's another problem with this thing. After mm. you use it for like 20 minutes, your arms start getting really tired because <laughs> it's not attached so, to anything. So it's yeah, like, but you don't have holding... to hold your arms out in front of you. I just no. held it in my lap. I know I would do that too, but after a while, that's like eh, this is weird. So I don't use it. I mean, I have it. I am holding it right now, but I don't use it for anything. Like, I have Forza and all that shit, and I, I use a gamepad for that. Because this thing isn't that great. <laughs> I wish it was. Yeah, have you been playing Forza 4? No, I'm still, I'm, I'm still mired in Forza 3. Um, but I do own the Ultimate Edition of Forza 4, because I loved Forza 3 so much. I just shelled out for Forza 4. And so I do have that. I just haven't played it yet, because I, I want to I feel like I'm finished with Forza 3 first. Like, I haven't even touched the Hot Wheels stuff yet. Mm-hmm. In Forza Three, which apparently is amazing, uh, I've just been it's like, I'm, good. I've just been unlocking the map, like I just unlocked the rainforest. Uh, so, um, I just leveled that up. So uh, I've just been really enjoying the map. I love one of my favorite things in that game is the garage finds. You know what I'm talking about? Where like there might be a garage oh, with a car in it on this on this part of the map. Go drive around random ass in a field and find it. I I don't know why I love that so much. But it's like, I'm just going to drive through your corn, motherfucker. 
just going to ruin your farm until I find that garage and steal your car that isn't mine. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what the fuck is going on? But it's great. It's great. Um, uh, Shadav, we always post a list of games on SpaceGameJunkie.com when the MP3 goes up. Uh, there's always a list of games we mentioned on the uh, the MP3 show notes. Um, that so typically that's goes up on Thursday, the Thursday following, but usually uh, it can depend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, uh, yeah, Shadav, we have a website. It's SpaceGameJunkie.com. Uh, that's where this all started. But um, yeah, and also in this sale, or sale, <laughs> too much steam this week. Uh, also on this show, I would like to send my thoughts and prayers to Howie Day uh, <laughs> in the hopes that he will release that fucking Wing Commander thing that he's making. Because oh my god, if he doesn't give me that, <clears throat> then I, he's going to be a doctor. I bet you work's going to happen on that after Rebel Galaxy Outlaws done, which. And there's no date, but we're getting close. We are getting... I just got a build where I'm playing the last five story missions of the game. Oh, and, wow. and, You know, uh, if, he, if he gave us that Wing Commander reboot thing that he's working on, uh, I could probably wait another couple months on Rebel Galaxy. I like, bet you a lot of people could. If you want to buy it in some time, <laughs> this is what you can do. Honestly, they should stick that... Remember in Wing Commander in the bar... There was a Wing Commander game. Yeah, they should have that Wing Commander game that he's making right now in the bar. I still, and- I still have to get the high score in Star Avenger to uh, to start that last Starfighter story cha- mission chain. I have not been able to do that. It's a hard game. <laughs> That's like the one thing I was there mention test. of the Kodan Armada. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I did try mining okay. for the first time the other night. That was fun. Uh, it's it's also great. I discovered that when you you can buy a base, I don't know if you knew this. You can buy a base in the game. It's called Bountiful really? Vista. You, it's called you, Bountiful. Yeah, that's, that's been mentioned. Yeah, it's called Bountiful Vista. And when you first buy it, it's a shithole. It has nothing. Oh, I thought just, you meant you could buy a base and then like start a jug band. No, 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 no. no. An it's kind of got base. that vibe, right? It does, but no, but no. You start a base. You you can buy a base. And then you can add a bar to it and a shipyard to it and a bunch of things. And when you buy when you add the shipyard, you get two uh like a couple of variants that you can't get anywhere else. And one they just added is the Beluga. It's this massive basically someone welded a bus to a cargo container, like a like a like a like a grain silo. That's what basically the ship is. And it's a bus welded to a grain silo with eight engines on it, four cannons in the front, one missile launcher, and three fucking turrets. <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> so that's kind of like that episode of A-Team where they strapped a tank gun up on top of it, the school. Yeah, bus. that's basically what this thing This thing is like. It's It's the weirdest. It's like one of the weirdest looking ships in the game. But like having those three turrets when you have like 20 ships Flitting around you is great. Oh my god, you guys are gonna love this game so much. I'm not even kidding. Best game of the last decade. Not even kidding. Anyway, <clears throat> that's, thank that's you. why Howie needs to rush that thing out quick before this better game gets out. So thank you for uh, right. listening to the Space Game Junkie podcast, uh, and hopefully you'll join us next time. Have a great night, y'all. Bye bye.